You're listening to episode 293 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without actually giving us money. Also, you can get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360 Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24 hour a day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a camel. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. You tried In-N-Out Burger yet? I still have not. Meh. When, did you have it today? No, I didn't have it today, but I'm... Um I'm oh. using that as my talking point. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> didn't get that. Because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that wasn't where you picked up dinner from. No, I haven't. I, and I think I've, like, looked over their menu, and I just kind of like, yeah, all right. I, I don't know. Just it's, it's a, I was unimpressed. The, the service is slow as fuck. And the food, like, I thought... You know, you hear people talk about In N Out Burger. All, like, all these chefs are like, "Oh, I love going In N Out Burger." Right, and their secret menu and yeah. Else. Which, to me, from my understanding, it's basically just, "Oh, it's got this sauce or this extra chili cheap." Like, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, the idea of you giving me secret food is not appealing to me in any way. <laughs> well, no, definitely not to you. But uh, <laughs> some people like to feel like they're in club. You know. <laughs> I was highly unimpressed with it. Super disappointed. It, it, it just, I don't know, maybe it was just talked up too much. I, and especially because their menu is so basic. It's like, we have a burger, and then well, we have a double burger. That's what I thought. And we have a triple cheeseburger. And then we have fries, and we have sodas. And I think they shake sure. Like, it's almost nothing. Right. So I'm like, I bet you these people are really fucking good at this. And they're just like, we're just doing burgers. We're going to blow your fucking minds with these burgers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I've heard a lot of people rave about it, but looking at it, there's, there's, there hasn't been anything that I've seen that I'm like, I have to go try this. It reminds me, so we, we they were another chain that I, I was only introduced to in Vegas, which is Raising Cane's. I, mean, I know it's all over the place, but that's that at least has like a thing. Like I had that, and I'm like, oh, okay. So you guys do... You know, good juicy chicken. That's okay. yeah. So, so for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Raising Cane's is was Louisiana based, and they literally only have chicken strips, French fries. Um, yeah, chicken strips, not like chicken. Chicken, chicken strips. strips chicken that's strips, all they have. French fries and like um, Texas toast, Texas and then some right. some combination thereof. Right. Yeah. That's like all they have on their. And menu. it's not like they have. Ooh, we have Cajun style. We have this. Like no, no, no. We have one. Yeah, I mean, one kind. There are yeah. sauces. But you, yeah, here you go. And it's not even like we have tons of all these sauces. Like no, no. <laughs> and they're known for their their signature sauce, their cane sauce. So yeah. it's. But the chi- I will say this: their chicken, and again, it's very slow. Yeah. 
but not as slow um, as fucking In and Out Burger. No, well, like I said, I haven't tried that. It is slow, but the food every time I've gotten it, the chicken is phenomenal. Yeah, and it, it's always hot and juicy, and it's hand breaded in the store and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean they're. They make sure that they they only do a few things, so they make sure they do them really well. Right, which is why I thought In-N-Out Burger would be like yeah. that. But I don't know. Meh. But I also still, in all fairness, haven't eaten at Shake Shack. Haven't eaten at Whataburger. Shake which Shack. Chris Whataburger's yells at me good. All the time. And there's one, there's one other burger joint that I haven't tried yet. I like Jack in the Box. But I always get distracted when I get there because I'm like, Ooh, look at all the other things I can get, and I always like don't get a burger. Like, God damn it, I forgot to get a burger again. I've had a burger from there once, and I just thought it was kind of dry and bland. I do recall having, I just got like a plain burger at some point, and it was like, okay, I mean, I asked for a burger. You, you gave me a burger. I mean, it yeah. wasn't, wasn't anything special. I think mine had bacon on it, but it just other, wasn't. They have other amazing things there. Yeah, they always do rotating um, menu items yeah. seems like there. Anyway, there you go. Fast food from Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> or or not a lot of it because apparently we haven't been to these places. So we're going to go ahead and start the show. He's Mark. I'm Karen. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. Three years after the 1993 Dunes implosion destroyed one of the most iconic strip marquees in Vegas history, the Neon Museum nonprofit was officially launched after 16 years of planning. One of their goals prevent anything like that from happening again. We got that from Vegas7.com. That breaks my heart because that's one of yeah. the ones that means everything to me. I love that tour at Marquee. It's right up there. It's probably the number one marquee in uh, that I can think of in Vegas. It's right up there with the Flamingo Plume, the, the, the mint swoosh. Yeah. I, I love it. I wish... I'm just surprised it took them 16 years. I don't get it either, but I don't understand how, how setting up a nonprofit works well, and how complex that would be. And, and if you think about it, that would have been right at the early age of, of Vegas kind of starting to redo itself. And so you were you were starting to lose these iconic yeah. things for well, the first yeah, time. Downtown, that's when uh, the Fremont Street experience was coming around. Right. So, you know, that's when you, you started losing it. And so it might have just been people were all of a sudden aware Right. And it just took a while to get. And like, what are you talking about? Save the neon. We got all kinds of neon over here. What do we? Maybe it, it just took a while for it, it to get the traction that it needed. It yeah. just seems like 16 years is a long time. I know, right? To plan something. Well, next up, we've got the twit pick of the week. What most people don't realize is that, like most things, snow in Las Vegas isn't the same as it is everywhere else. It's better here. It's just Mother Nature's contribution to the spectacle. And just like the decorations on display promoting whatever random celebration is going on that week, the following week, hell, the following day, you're unable to find any trace of it. Watching snow fall here is just as magical as it is everywhere else without any of the residual issues that come with a prolonged winter season. <laughs> At Nikki Firmage shared our favorite picture of snow falling around the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign this week. I was hoping for a great picture of Luxor covered in snow, but unfortunately, all that were shared looked like they were taken on a Motorola Razor flip phone. <laughs> I don't know if it was because of the blur from the snow, or I don't know, maybe it was complex. But Well, it did most of the snowing at night, too, so you had the different light reflections and that kind of stuff, which I'm sure would have messed with it a little bit. But yeah, this, this picture was great. Yeah. I, I loved it when I saw it, and it really was... 
it was weird. So again, we grew up in the Midwest, right? So we've seen snow. We know snow. We you know deal with snow. It's, but it was just so odd, because I went to bed and had gotten a picture of Asgard out in the snow, which again. We have the weirdest dog yeah, on the we, planet because he he's yeah. a burner. It's the first Bernie's Mountain dog I've it ever doesn't like snow. that doesn't like snow. Oh, he didn't want to step in it. Yeah. He, it was, so I kind of had to, like, <laughs> I, I, I got the picture right away because I knew he really hadn't been in it. He, we had a few dustings and stuff in Memphis, yeah, but, but it wasn't, like wasn't the same. It was a good one. Once again, Las Vegas, it was the perfect kind of snow. It came down and it was wet, perfect for snowballs, snowmen. It would have been for snowballs, Absolutely yeah. perfect. 24 hours later, it's gone. Yeah. Well, and even less than that, because it started melting as soon as the sun came out the next day. But I was just surprised when I woke up that it, number one, was still snowing. And there was so much of it. I mean, the trees were just covered. And I mean, it was just, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely beautiful. But it just, it was almost surreal. Oh, and then my favorite part was, and I even noticed it this morning. So when the clouds finally cleared out and you could see the mountains covered they're all white. Yeah. Yeah. Which normally they're not. They're that grayish it's brown usually, yeah, or the top. It's or yeah, reddish. And yeah, the, the ones like the really really high elevations are off in the distance are normally where the snow sticks. Right. Every single one of them just covered in white. Like oh, it was it was just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it was awesome. I agree. I know we we freak out over snow in Vegas, and everyone else is like, I've got plenty. You want it? Take it. <laughs> As always, we will link to the photo on our blog, feature it on all our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which Patreon subscribers should be seeing right now. Let's move into the news. Oh, here we go. The iconic assault begins on Caesar's. Corporate rating rapist and the business world equivalent to Hitler is at it again. For those of you unaware, let me give you a little historical background to the sort of cunt Carl Icahn is. Spoiler alert, he's not the fun kind. Carl Icahn has made billions, literally billions, by taking advantage of publicly held companies whose stock price has become undervalued to purchase influential, and in some cases majority interest, in them. Unlike Vegas genius Kirk Kerkorian, who made billions doing the same thing, Icon's primary goal isn't to run them better. It's to liquidate all their assets to various interested parties so the stock price will increase, at which time he sells his interest, makes a nice profit, and leaves the company in ruins and lots of people out of jobs. He's been successfully sued a number of times by stockholders of companies for activities clearly more beneficial to him than to the company. Companies unfortunate enough to be collateral damage include Motorola, Blockbuster, eBay, Dell, and Yahoo. Aware of his track record? He's had takeover attempts successfully thwarted by vigilant board members at such companies as McDonald's and Marvel Comics. Emerging from bankruptcy debt restructuring in 2017, Caesars Entertainment stock was already under value, prompting Golden Nugget owner Tillman Fertitta to propose a merger between the two companies last October, which was rejected. By the way, he's since continued to purchase shares of the company and is currently a 1% owner. This week, it was announced that Carl Icahn has increased his ownership in Caesars Entertainment to 10.7%, valued at around a billion dollars. Since that percentage of ownership does not give him a voice on the board of directors or voting rights, Icahn has instead taken to the media 
publicly stating that, quote, shareholder value may be best served and enhanced by selling the company. In case that wasn't made clear, let me translate. Carl Icahn's share value would be best served if Caesar sold itself. To plead his case, he's requested an audience with the Caesar's board, and he doesn't want them to extend the contract of the current on-his-way-out CEO, nor does he want them to hire a new leader until he's had a chance to talk to them. He went on to threaten that he'll seek seats on the board to further pressure them into doing what he wants, including nominating a number of directors at the 2019 annual meeting. The good news is, Wall Street analysts believe Icon will most likely struggle to sell Caesars to any competitors or any other prospective buyers because it's just too big and too debt-laden. Caesars Entertainment is the largest gaming company in the world, operating more than 50% of the existing casinos and valued at $21 billion. Carl Icahn, at age 83, is currently the world's oldest living form of evil. It would be amazing if Fertitta gets control of Caesars. It would be likely the worst thing ever if Icon gets a chance to fuck it up. Uh, yeah, it, it's really disappointing to hear that, you know, he's doing all this crap. And I, I just, it's funny because he doesn't have a right to a seat on the board. Nope. He doesn't have voting nope. rights. So instead, he's going to throw a hissy fit yep. publicly to try to get their attention. Yep. It's, it, ugh. I hate people like that. Yeah. yeah, And and I have, like, minus all that, his track record is what I don't like about him. Yeah. Buy a company. You know what value. he's going to do. Fucking buy a company and right. make it better. Dude, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Sell off things if they're fucked up. That's not what he's no, doing. He he's dismantles. not trying to improve it. He literally systematically yeah. dismantles a yep. company and, and essentially sells it off piece destroys by piece. it. Yep. Yeah. Because what he the way he looks at it is that the... Some of the parts individually are greater than the whole. Right. So he's like, well, I can sell this over here and this over there. And they're like, well, but we can't operate without that. Yeah, I don't really care. All you have to do is a minor a minor amount of research, and you'll find no company has really survived anywhere near what, like, eBay is probably a better example of a company that hasn't completely just shit themselves, but fucking Dell Motorola. I mean, yeah. is it Blockbuster? Yeah. I mean, these are companies that have been absolutely shattered. And those are just the big names. Jesus Christ, the shit he's done to other people. But yeah, he doesn't care. Well, and the thing is, like, some of those examples are, are perfect. Blockbuster, part of the reason that they're no longer around is he got in and, and bought them at a time, a, a pivotal time when they needed to make a change to keep up with the way society was, was moving yep. to go to more streaming and that kind of stuff. And he didn't do that. He's like, no, we'll just break it up and sell it off. I don't, I don't really care. Yep. It doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need to survive. Like that's the, that's the mentality for me. That like it's literally all about lining his own pockets. Yep. He has no interest in benefiting anybody but himself. Yep. Fingers crossed. Stroke. Fingers crossed. Or <sighs> something. Eighty-three. Give it up already, dude. Right. Next up, the Starbucks closes at the Grand Bazaar. That equates to half of the anchor tenants of the shopping promenade leaving in the last two years. Redneck Riviera Honky Tonk Bar, even saying it's gross, <laughs> located above Wahlburgers, closed last year at this time after less than a year of existence. At least I think it is, because similar to its customers, I couldn't be bothered to check up on anything regarding that bar concept. <laughs> this happens while a bold break from theme continues in the form of a giant gumball machine candy store constructed front and center of your shopping plaza 
Has a Starbucks ever closed ever? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, they have. No, okay. no, they did. Um, and it was a few years ago. I forget. They, but they realized that, yeah, they they had way too many and too many that were that were super close. So they did close down some underperforming okay, ones. Okay. And they do have a Starbucks inside. Right. Yeah. So I I just wonder if a Starbucks out on because coffee is normally something that you get first thing in the morning, right? Oh, so what you a grab great it. Point. You know, as you're leaving the hotel, you grab your coffee or it isn't clear you I'm not come a down. Drinker, so. Yeah. <laughs> but you you know, you come down in the morning and get your coffee and then go back up to your room while you're getting ready or whatever. Okay. So it's entirely possible that just having one front and center on the strip wasn't um, the best way to capture the customers. Like right. they'd already started going about their day or if you think about it, now is probably the only time you're... I mean, granted, I know they have iced teas and iced coffees and all that kind of stuff. So in the, you know, blazing winter or summer, you know, you could get those to drink. But you're not going to sell half your menu outside in <laughs> Vegas for, like, six months of the year. That, that's, that is a weird thing about Vegas. I assume it's got something to do with leases or whatever. But if you remember, the Goratorium closed, like, just before Halloween, like... Um, you couldn't hold on for like three more weeks. Yeah, it's like the only time you're gonna make money. Well, it, yeah, it could have something to do with the lease. The interesting thing with Starbucks is most of them are franchised, so and and any but uh, pretty much anybody can get a Starbucks franchise. So yeah. it, I don't know. It would be interesting to find out if that Starbucks was actually owned by Bally's or if they've got like one general food service provider that deals with all of the the food tenants in there. Or if it was, and I, I just, I'd be curious to know, I mean, we're not going to find out, but it would just be interesting to know kind of how that was structured, and if it was just Bally's going, yeah, well, we're busy enough inside, we, we can use that space for something else. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, I, I don't recall two major anchor tenants shifting, but they could have. I mean, if we were, if you recall, the link but, went through some some growing pains. Yeah. But the funny thing for me, like the honky-tonk bar that was above Wahlburgers? I have no fucking clue how to get there. So even, what's the other one that's on the, the, the second floor? The side. <laughs> it's Giordano's. Oh, well, I'm not ever going to go into that because I don't like deep dish. But uh, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you're just like, how am I going to get all the way up there? Like, it just doesn't, <laughs> I don't know. That Maybe that's just me. I mean, but, but to have to go upstairs or to wait for that elevator that's like tucked around the corner and behind. I hope this gumball thing looks way better than I think it, because the fact that they're like, so we have this whole concept, and we're going to put a gumball machine in there. Fuck the concept. <laughs> and aren't they, what else are they, they building? They're, like, expanding. Oh, I should know this, and you're going to smack me over the head. Aren't, didn't they clear out, like, four or five tenants, and they're putting them all together into one thing? That's the gumball thing. Oh, that's that? That's the It's Uger. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't a fan of losing the moving walkway. I, I up front. I love that garden. I get why they did it, yeah. but I don't, I, I didn't understand why they went with the setup and structure that they have and now it just seems like they're kind of blowing it up and trying to figure out how to work within what they've got right. and I, I, it's concerning. Blue Ribbon Chicken's totally worth it. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. They got one thing, right? <laughs> Although a lot of people love Wahlburgers. We weren't 
They were fine, but there are people who really dig Wahlburgers, so it sounds like they've at least got two things working for them. Yeah, and Wahlburgers has been busy every time we've been by yeah. there. So is Blue Ribbon Chicken, so that's good. I mean, they've got some stuff working. There's a line outside of Blue Ribbon Chicken every fucking time I go down to the surf. Because they open at like 11. <laughs> yeah. And everybody knows it. They're like hovering. Right. They're like, God damn it, there's going to be a line for this. <laughs> well, they're all like you. They want their lunch early. I know, right? They know. Next up, the LVCVA is selling strip frontage. It was announced this week that the LVCVA is looking to sell the 10 acres of strip real estate formerly home to the Riviera. Riviera sat on 26 acres of land, so there's nothing nefarious about this move. Just a savvy realization by the LVCVA that strip real estate worth that much is put to better use with a high-rise structure, not the vast amounts of multi-use square footage they would use it for. The value of that land is estimated at around $30 million an acre. If they are able to get that much for it, that means that the LVCVA was essentially paid $25 million to acquire Riviera, implode it, and keep more than two-thirds of its footprint because the LVCVA received a loan for $275 million to complete the acquisition in 2014. For the record, they only paid $182.5 million for Riviera. The land the LVCVA acquired through the landmark and Riviera purchases is being repurposed as part of a $935 million expansion of the Las Vegas Convention Center. They're doing a lot with land swaps and stuff down there now, trying to get their. I always thought strip frontage was stupid for the convention center. It didn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. So good for them. It's it's at least a smart move. And I still don't. The 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 bad part about where the convention center is located is there's nothing around it. Nothing. Nothing safe. I imagine it's because everybody's inside, right? If you're in the convention, you're in there. And then when you're done, you go to the casinos and do shit. Which is why I think, like, the Sands Convention Center that's attached to Venetian and Palazzo, Palazzo makes sense. Oh, yeah. But you need, you know, you want something around there because depending on what type of convention it is, you may may or may not get food on the convention floor. Mm. Um, or you may not want the food that they offer on the convention floor. So having options and places to go around there... I think would make th- that convention center more appealing versus, you know, I've been to meetings that were at Sands. I've been to ones that are at Mandalay. I've been to ones that are at Caesars. I've been to MGM. And they all have the square footage and they've got options around them. So when you're fed up and done with your convention, you're like, I just need a break. You've got some place to go. You don't have that at the convention center. Conventions casino are amazing. Yeah. That's a fucking genius idea. Mm-hmm. What Vegas is making a boatload of money on right now. So, next up, Tattooed America is coming to Link. It was announced this week that Link's in development attraction, Pop Vegas, will feature Tattooed America as its first exhibition. It will feature 500 works of art from 100 of the world's best tattoo artists. Venue opens March 12th, will be on display for three months before going on a U.S. tour. Tickets are available online now for $27. And according to Inked Magazine, Las Vegas ranks second on their list of top tattooed cities in America. This thing actually looks pretty fucking cool. So are, is it pictures of tattoos that they've done or it's artwork that they've drawn? Sounds like it's a collection of everything. Like they've done tattoos and, you're, and that person's being photographed. Like the thing that they were showing are like totally nude people totally tatted right. head to toe. Okay. You know, you're like, holy shit, that's Because cool. it, it uh, there's some, something much more impressive to me about 
seeing the tattoo actually done and completed. And they, they have that there, too. you've got to get the... I mean, and even you could do that in a picture, obviously, but to be able to see the colors and the designs and how it fits on the body and everything else, I think is way more impressive than if it were just drawings or art by tattoo artists. It's like, okay, so you're just... Everything that's I, just an artist. That's not... Everything I saw was their work on the canvas, the, the human body. Okay. Canvas. Interesting. Yeah. But I can't imagine going on a tour. It's not that big from what it looked like. Yeah, so then why... Well, anyway. Oh, oh, you mean them touring around the country. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that is weird. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for news. Let's move into prop bets. For those of you that are unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, the NASCAR Holler Parade is returning to the Las Vegas Strip beginning at 6 p.m. on Thursday, February 28th. 40 of the team's 18-wheelers will drive down the Strip with a police escort past Fremont Street before heading to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway to kick off the March 1st through 3rd Pennzoil 400 event at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but that sounds cool. Uh, yeah, with with big decals and designs on the side of them, I guess. A man died this week at the high roller after falling 50 feet from the observation wheel. Officials say the 23-year-old man entered a restricted area on the property, and while he was, quote, running around the loading area, he fell down the stairs. <laughs> I'm sure there was no alcohol or any other illegal substance involved in that. I, the exciting thing about that is um, natural selection did its, did its work. Yes, it did. Thankfully. No helmet laws here. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are now on sale for the 13th annual Vegas Uncorked event featuring Gordon Ramsay, Guy Savoy, Guy Fieri, Michael Mina, Lisa Vanderpump, Masahara Morimoto, Roy Choi, and more. There are currently 15 events planned over May 9th through 12th with prices ranging from $100 to $6,500. Some events are already sold out. I am definitely looking at some of those. I challenge the. I, I feel like they are degrading their brand by. It's like, you know, the the, the celebrity chefs. Like, I'll 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 let you have Gordon Ramsay. I don't like him, but like he's a chef. I'll give it. I'll give that to yeah. you. Like, you know, Guy Savoy, Michael Mina, you know, like Guy Fieri. Like, is he is he the guy that's going to be cooking grilled cheese? Is that is that what's going on there? No. Lisa Vanderpump, like, going, oh, are we going to have a Botox station? I was wondering that. That's well, and in all fairness, if you go to the website, it, it says chefs and entertainers. Uh, so it's, yeah. It's people who actually have skill and people who... Yeah. Which, um, by the way, the one for uh, Guy Savoy, I, I may have to do that because that would be awesome. So. Yes, He's very boy. Who, uh, The name's super familiar. He he is a high-end French. Oh wait a chef. minute! Isn't that the guy that was friends with, uh, like, really good friends with um, the guy that uh, Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain? No, oh, no, that's not him. No, not him. You're, that's um, Eric. Uh, Another French guy. <sighs> oh, I can't remember his last name. I can see his face. I can't remember his last name. But yeah, no, not him. He always looks. Uh, every time you look at him, he always looks like he has a a, a Kodachrome filter over him. What? <laughs> People familiar with filters know exactly what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, well. He looks like monochromatic, like skin and clothes and, and I don't, I can't, hair, like all of it are just like shades of the same color. Are you crazy? Yeah, that's how I remember him. Okay. Maybe I was having a stroke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
shouldn't laugh about that. That's a distinct possibility Man, right now. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I know. So many things will come to light when the doctors are finally like, oh, Jesus Christ, you've had like 60 or 70 strokes over the last two years. <laughs> Manzo. It just occurred to me that you could pronounce it like that. I'm sure it's like Monzo or something like that. Yeah. Manzo. <laughs> The final restaurant planned for the shit show known as Italy at Park MGM hey. has now opened. Hey, hey, hey. I didn't do this. They did that. It's not a shit show. It is. It's, it has some challenges. Italy is a shit show. I'm not saying there are things inside it that aren't really good and there there aren't it doesn't have promise. Italy at Park MGM is a shit show right now. It was confirmed this week that Chef Morimoto's four-day pop-up ramen offerings at his restaurant in MGM was an experiment to see if Las Vegas was a viable market to expand his Momosan ramen and sake restaurant into. Duh. It's unclear what the results of that experiment yielded. You talked to the man. Did you Did you get a vibe? <laughs> I did not get a vibe. You hung out. So, hey, I left your buddy. Your buddy. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Karen, give us some insider information about what your buddy's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not. No. I'm sure he was trying to shoo me out of that restaurant as quickly as we could. Okay, stalker here. <laughs> Vegas Travel News is reporting that the grand opening of the Sphere at Venetian is being pushed back to 2021 for design refinements. I found, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the funniest joke I saw about that is, how do you refine a sphere? A sphere. <laughs> and, and have to push it back until for three more years. Yeah, I well, it's not three years. Well, two one. more. Just one. It's supposed to be 2020 is when it was going to come out. Okay, but wait, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's a sphere. Like, we have to improve this circle. The circle you have to improve? <laughs> I believe that is kind of the defining moment in human history was the invention of it, the wheel. You know that's not what they're talking about refining. It's it's the design on the inside of what it's how it's going to all work. And You're stuff. ruining my joke. I know, but digital keys on your smartphone are now available via the MGM Resorts mobile app for M Life card members staying at Bellagio, Aria, MGM Grand, Mandalay Bay, Park MGM, and Luxor. Other non-gaming properties were also included, but we really don't care about them. Have you ever been able to get yours to work in, in the places we've stayed? Like, we've stayed at Cromwell. I could never get it to work. I don't think so. Yeah. I've not, like, I, I, I'm like, oh, wow, cool. Things with your smartphone. But there's nothing more fucking annoying than you're like, yeah, it works with my smartphone. Hey, Siri, do this. Nothing happens. Like, <laughs> work. I know. Stupid. Technology is great when it works. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attractions. Attractions is the portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. First up, Tesla is performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay, Saturday, March 30th. Shows start at $45. Cypress Hill and Hollywood Undead are performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay, Sunday, March 24th. Shows start at 6.30. Well, the show starts at 6.30. <laughs> Tickets start at $40. Overnight, a boy band tribute is performing at the Orleans Thursday, March 16th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $20. I stumbled onto that, and it was fascinating. It's like one of the guys from 98 Degrees or something like that found guys that 
if it were the late 90s, mm. it would have been turned into a boy band. And they're like, hey, hey, why don't you just sing all the other songs boy bands did? And then we'll go on tour. We're like, that's not a bad idea. But is it... I'm just gonna say, is it all like the white white boy bands, or is it I, mixed? Like, do they have like a boys to men? Do I, they have I, a new edition? I've not seen their set list. I'll be honest okay. with you. <laughs> just curious. Brand Funk Railroad is performing at the Golden Nugget Friday, March 22nd. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at an undisclosed amount. I'm sure it was on there, and I forgot to write it down. <laughs> Night Ranger is performing at the Golden Nugget on Friday, March 29th. Show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets start at $49. And Michael Bublé is performing at. T-Mobile Arena, Saturday, March 30th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $70. See, he's a guy that I wouldn't set... Wait a minute. Am I mixing this guy up with... Michael Buble is the guy that... He's a crooner. Right. See, so crooners, I, I'm not impressed with because I could sing like a fucking crooner. Like, I can hit those notes. So it's like, to me, here's what a crooner is. A guy that can carry a note and is good looking. That's so, a crooner. <laughs> so I think... I've heard, I mean, I, I haven't listened to any of his music, but everything that I've heard about him is that he's very engaging and very personable when he's on stage. Like, he talks to the audience, yeah, he brings people up, he does all, I know, but I mean, and I... Wayne Newton's been doing that for fucking 60 years. Okay, well, Wayne Newton's pretty fucking old, and he looks like hell warmed over, so they got to get a new generation in here to replace him. <laughs> and apparently Michael Michael Buble is the, the, the heir apparent. I mean, he's not Matt Goss, so... Uh, Michael, I'll take Michael Bublé. <laughs> Many okay. times. Got it. I can't find it. There, there's, it, there's lots. <laughs> Don't forget you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. Now let's check the river. This week, we do have some listener feedback. We got an email from Scott Jarvis. Scott says, I have been listening since the summer, and I really love and appreciate all of your hard work you put into your podcast. My wife and I have been going to Frankie's for about four years now. I understand some people feel claustrophobic in there. I love the drinks, and we always have made money on the VP there. We have made multiple trips to Vegas where we didn't even leave the downtown area. I really appreciate you reporting on that area. Keep up the great work, Scott. I get why people would like Frankie's. Frankie's is an adorable small oh, yeah. bar that could be like your buddy's like pimped out man cave right. kind of a thing. It's fucking, it's cool. But it's just, for me, I'm like, oh, this is just too close for comfort. I, I, and I, it was I, so dark. <laughs> that, that was my biggest thing. Like, you couldn't, and walking in from the outside, so when it was daylight outside, you walk in and you stood in the front door, <laughs> and you had you stood there like an idiot, like letting your eyes adjust because you could literally couldn't see anything. You, you imagine every scene that they shoot in Vegas where people are inside a place and then they walk out and they see the sun. Every single scene, they're walking out of Frankie. Yes. <laughs> like oh, oh, the brightness. Oh. <laughs> well, there's only one place we can do this right. We got to go down the Frankies. <laughs> So, yeah, no, we, we enjoy it, too, and I'm glad. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I love that a place like that is on their, you know, to-do list. And I can completely understand spending your entire vacation in the downtown kind of area and never making it down to the bigger casinos. Because everything is, it's right there, and it's within walking distance. And especially everything that they've added, 
over the last couple of years, Fremont what? East and all of that. I yeah. totally get it. Especially if you're a gambler at heart. If that's your favorite thing, Fremont, there's really no reason to go. And they've made the area better because now there's good food. There's shit, you know, down in Fremont yeah. East, you know, so they've just made it better. So I get it, man. And and I really think Circa's going to... There, people will think about it. Oh They'll yeah, think about it more. I'm excited for I mean, that. It's, the strip is always going to be the strip. There'll be no spectacle like it. But um, if if you're there to gamble and have a good time drinking and doing that stuff, well, you can avoid some bullshit if yeah. you don't go down to the strip. Yep, definitely. So. But thank you, Scott, for the email. Glad you uh, you're listening and like the show, and we appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for episode 293. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas and get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else we can slap a logo on at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to send some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not sure how to record audio with your smartphone and email it to the show, we have instructions on how to do that on the blog's main page as well. Karen, where can folks find you? I am at Karen Mark. Tony's still MIA, and she just <laughs> told you where you can find me, so until next time. Yeah.